This isn't a book about activities, coloring pages, or conversation starters to supplement your teaching. It's a book about you. It's about how to take your ability to creatively teach kids to soaring new heights. While some chapters cast vision, challenging your thinking and motivating you to take up new practices, most are stuffed to the seams with practical techniques to help you bring power to your teaching, whether you teach six kids every Sunday or 206. So imagine it. A children's ministry in which transformational teaching is the order of the day. Where the walls rattle every weekend with Holy Spirit power. Where prepared teachers teach powerful lessons that leave kids dumbstruck with awe about God's might and presence in their lives. Where creative methods excite kids about the Bible to the point that they live life differently on Monday as a result of Sunday. Imagine yourself not imagining anymore. Sounds fabulous to me. Part 1. Creating an Atmosphere of Excellence Excellence attracts people. People leave jobs and move to new ones over excellence. Excellence dictates people's choices about TV shows, vacation spots, and even cell phone providers. No doubt about it, people are drawn to excellence. Excellence inspires kids. If you think kids are an easy audience, think again. There's a reason that those fifth-grade boys sit in the back with their arms crossed and an impress-me look on their faces. Because kids aren't easily impressed. But they respond to true excellence. Excellence honors God. God had some pretty strong words in Malachi 1, verses 6 through 8, for some of his followers who showed up at the altar thinking good enough is good enough. God wants our very best. In children's ministry, we would probably all agree that we want excellence. But too often we mistakenly get the idea that excellence requires lots of money and tons of special effects. Not true. In fact, if you asked me to name the key practices a ministry can embrace to create a teaching atmosphere that screams excellence, I'd give you my top four. Memorization, rehearsal, evaluation, and a strategic teaching rotation. Then I'd point out that they don't cost a dime. Just a mindset shift. So, I know you didn't ask, but here they are anyway. Chapter 1 Committed to Memory Twelve years ago, like a rookie stepping up to bat for the first time, I timidly took my place in front of a room full of second and third graders and taught my first Bible lesson in children's ministry. A seasoned actor, I was nevertheless fairly freaked out by the fiercely intimidating audience gawking at me in such close proximity, hanging on and surely evaluating my every word and waiting to hit the gong or grab the hook should I fail to earn 25 minutes of their attention. I didn't hit a home run that weekend, but I survived. And perhaps more importantly, so did they. Thinking back, I can now evaluate my first lesson with a clearer lens. The lesson was shaky, or maybe it was my hands that were doing the shaking, due in large part to my deathly fear of the seven-year-olds I faced. The lesson was probably a bit boring, 
though I justified using at least three completely unrelated videos, eating up about four minutes apiece, and giving me a few moments of precious relief. The lesson was probably slight enough on solid Bible content to make a deacon whimper. But among all the opportunities for growth my first lesson contained, I can affirm one thing I did right. The lesson was memorized. All twelve pages of it. Over four hundred Bible lessons later, I regularly stand before scads of kids with the confidence of a seasoned lion tamer. I put tremendous effort into injecting every lesson with an infusion of variety and creativity. And I make sure all that creativity serves one purpose, to elevate clear and solid Bible teaching. Many things have changed about my approach to teaching the Bible since my tender-footed beginnings, but one thing remains tried, true, and unchanged.